Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your car night fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. Nothing is certain in life except death, taxes and Cal United failing to beat Harrogate Town. We look back on the first round exit of the Carabao Cup before previewing this weekend's first league away fixture of the season at Oxford United. So, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, uh, well Wednesday afternoon, sorry I should say, um, and some news broke this morning uh, in the News and Star, on the News and Star website from John Coleman, about a potential investment or take over in the club by an American businessman. It's some really interesting stuff there. It, it broke at the weekend. Uh, Tom Piatak, I'm presuming I pronounced that right. I do apologise if I have. And um, He's based in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, seems like him and his son have been to a few Carlisle games in recent months. It's all gone under the radar. Um, now, we're not going to be discussing that in today's episode. There's a good reason for that. Um, one Dan is vice chair of Kiosk, so he has to recuse himself from this, which is totally understandable. So Sunday's episode when we review the Oxford game and preview Wigan, myself and Mike will talk about then. So if you're wondering why we're going to record an episode now and not talk about that, that's the reason. Simple as that. And it is just speculation at the moment that that's the way it is. But understandably, with speculation like that, we have to be very careful what we say. So there you go. That's where we are. Right. Let's get into it. Dan. No shock, really, is there about last night? Is there? Hello, hello. There's no real shock oh. about last night's result, is there? No. <sighs> God, uh, I mean, obviously, we both didn't go. Uh, yeah. I know Mike did. Yeah, he sent us a it, review in. It didn't sound the best, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, we made some changes, but it's just Harrogate, isn't it? I, I saw it summed up in a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. It basically said, our record against Harrogate Town, it might have been Lewis Ridley, actually. Yeah. Uh, play day, lost six, drawn two, plus one game abandoned after 10 minutes yeah. due to a frozen pitch, one postponed an hour before kickoff, power cut, and one postponed when Her Majesty died. Is it our most cursed fixture ever? 100%. And you should know that, <laughs> what, that, that one that was abandoned, we were losing 1-0 at that point as well already. So... It it's just ah, uh, just balmy, isn't it, Dan? Just yeah, just just, just can't get over it. Anyway, we'll be talking about that in a sec. Let's get in. Oh, sorry, before we even start, I should obviously mention again, uh, once again for the third season, we are being sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. London Branch obviously open to all Cal United fans, whether you're based in the southeast or London or you know anywhere, Berlin, Timbuktu, even in you know Harrowby. If you're based there, you can join. There's nothing stopping you. Um, they do a lot of great stuff in terms of uh, tickets for away games and sorting away travel and things like that, and a bit of fundraising for the club as well. I think there was something on the official website the other day about some gym equipment they bought. Dan, I think I seem to remember. I see the nice yeah, photo of Joe Garner looking very happy. Saturn on a the, leg uh, press thing. machine of some form. Yep, so yeah, they do great stuff like that. So if you want to find out more about them, go to their website, carlislelondonbranch.org, or just approach one of them at the one of the away games. You'll probably see them selling a copy of Hit the Bar at those games, so just go and ask them about it then. Right, okay, let's get into the news then, Dan. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave a bit of negative news this week, aren't we? Um, following on for the ridiculous scenes we saw in the Fleetwood game where several objects were thrown onto the pitch in the second half. That caused referee Peter Wright to have to stop the game twice to make PA announcements. Um, the club has had to take strong action about this, haven't they, Dan? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in a week where we received a fine for chanting at the Bradford game at Christmas, yeah, we still have Bradford playoff stuff brewing, mm-hmm. I think. It's just building up, and I, I saw one or two people saying, "Oh, kids will be kids, and all this." And I, I get that to an extent, but when a referee's stopping a game, and it's the third and fourth time it's happened in several months, the EFL are not messing about this season. No. You know, they they will be looking for somebody to make an example of. And I saw, 
the way it's going, that's going to be us, unfortunately. I've seen a couple of other clubs have had very similar fine stores recently. I think Stephen has got one for that fan that invaded the pitch and tried to attack Andy Cook, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was another one. So, you know, this isn't a case of, oh, you know, it's some of the brush under the carpet. It's, it's deadly serious stuff, isn't it? And unfortunately, the, the first tough decision the club have taken is to stop sales for the Warwick Road and for the Wigan and Exeter games. I mean, the Wigan game as well is the one you really didn't want that to happen in. We want a really good atmosphere that because they're going to bring a, a decent following, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. really frustrating that. Um, and I, I do, I do believe the club said they would give a further update today. Yeah. Obviously, you've said it's Wednesday afternoon and recording, so by the time you lot are listening to this, that it could have been there could be compromises because seemingly uh, the Cumbria Police Twitter, Carlisle Twitter account. As mentioned, yeah. I think it's three people three, now. Yes, there was a third one announced after the game at Harrogate. So three juveniles yeah. have been uh, identified and given interim bans by the club while investigations were ongoing. Yeah, so, yeah. and it, it, I think we all knew it was going to be kids doing it, but it, it's just frustrating, especially yeah, when yeah. there's some really good young kids in that Warwick and done some amazing yeah, stuff yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. So it's not fair on them that their reputation. As, should as, not be as always, as as always, with something good. It's always a tiny minority exactly. who, uh, who exactly. spoil it. But, 100%, uh, yeah. There's a couple yeah, of... Yeah, I'll just say, the last thing we want to see is a closed body crow then. Because that is one of the options that they potentially would have that, to look at, isn't it? That could happen if it continues, yeah. you know. I mean, they've already talked about some potential options, which are voluntary reduction of the capacity in the Warwick Road end, which shouldn't be a major issue unless it was a huge reduction, really. Um Increased searching, I mean, that's going to affect entry times and queue. And I know that Sunderland have banned away from some taking, like, charging blocks, coins and, and vapes in, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and we know vapes are one of the things that are thrown on the pitch. So. I'll tell you something, you, you, you must have plenty of money if you're prepared to throw your charging blocks, like. You know. I know, it's mad, isn't it? But, I was going to say, 10, hefty, hefty, them as well. Yeah, but, like, you know... Yeah. That, that's that's a potential option they might look at implementing age restrictions for those over the age 18 will only be allowed into the area which I mean that would kill off the warrior grade you don't want that, 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 that it's the yeah. worst possible thing but that's yeah. the options they're looking at or closing the central section uh, near the goals and these are all things that are going to be looked at so all we say is you know if you do know of anyone else who's potentially done this stuff just just tell the club let's just get it yeah, sorted it's, and it's, get back uh, it's, if anyone does know anything uh, if you look out the details for the SLO, that's sort of the, yeah, yeah. the point of contact. Exactly. Like that, that's the role of an SLO between fans and the club and authorities. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of other little bits. Um, Max Kilsby, uh, he's returned on loan to Annan Athletic for half a season. Dan, it makes sense. This doesn't it really? I think we all thought that a loan move was inevitable for him, and going back where he knows at a slightly higher level than last year's is not a bad move. Yeah, uh, you know we've got. Uh, Obviously, Armour and Mellish are pretty ever-present on the left. Uh, yeah. we've, we've got Jack Robinson can slot yeah. in there now. Uh, and then getting promoted to a slightly better level. So, yeah, it's you know, a year older for Max. Slightly tougher yeah. games. I know they had a, a tough game to start. Falkirk, uh, is it, I think? Yeah, they got beat 3-0. But I mean, Falkirk are going to be right up there, you'd think, in that division, wouldn't you? The, the they should, should be, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in theory. So, it, I mean, he's likely to get a lot more tested than he was last season, I guess. Cause yeah, he he, I believe he played out. at left-back at Falkirk. Yes, he did, I think, possibly. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, good luck to Max for his half-season there. We'll hopefully see how he gets on. Um, we'll be doing updates on that, obviously, in terms of the loan watch throughout the season. Uh, and and finally, a little bit. It's just a, a little bit that's. Um, I, I can't remember if we covered this in particular detail in the last episode. Or it had even been officially announced. Then, but obviously, the the announcement by the club that the because uh, obviously there was photos leaked all over social media. So it was pretty obvious it was coming that the East Stand has been renamed the Andrew Jenkins Stand in honour of the Blues owner and chairman, uh, who's now up to sixty four years of service with the club. Um, yeah, it's one of these things that's divided a f- some fans, I think, but I don't think it's probably divided people as much as some would think. It's a handful griping on social media for me. I don't, I don't really see that the, the point in getting so angsty about it. But yeah, people are entitled to the opinion, I guess. So yeah, yeah, not really much much to add on that really. But there you go. Um, right, let's get into the Harrogate Town review then, Dan. Uh, as we said, Harrogate Town one, Cal United nil. Uh, just, just, just frustrating, isn't it? I mean. It's going to be more frustrating because we're recording this before the draw for the next round is being done. I can't remember if the numbers are all sorted beforehand or not, or it's an alphabetical thing that's done 
once the team's in it. I feel like it's already sorted before. Usually it's it's done on tie number, isn't it, for this? And if it is, well, whoever Harrogate faces the team that we would face. And if they get Spurs away, there's going to be a collective groan around Cumbria, isn't there? Yeah. Just, just, just frustrating. Um, let's get straight to talking about that. Obviously, we mentioned there were some changes to the team. Four changes in total. Um, back, Moxon, Huntington and Guy, they dropped out of the start 11, replaced by Ellis, Charters, Barkley and McGeek. Uh, only Guy remained in the squad. He was on the bench. Um, also coming into the extended bench of nine players. I didn't, didn't realise you could do that in the League Cup. Um, were yeah. Whelan, Whelan, Robinson, Butterworth and Edmondson. Particularly Edmondson after his surprise uh, absence at the weekend. Um it's a weird one that subs thing because I think the championship now has nine subs for games, doesn't it? But why not just extend it to the whole EFL if that's the case? It's just yeah, seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Um, yeah, what were your thoughts when you saw the? I mean, we expected changes, didn't we? Were they the changes you expected? Uh some of them, yes. Some of them, no. I think I think a few people thought maybe Edmonton might start. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, back... I, I think I. Resting the likes of back in Huntington, I completely get that. Yeah, but you back know, was back, a specific back. request, wasn't it, from Forrest? As I said after the game, that Forrest asked that he didn't play Saturday, Tuesday for the first month or two while he does his recovery, didn't they? That's that's completely fair enough because yeah. he's you know he's coming back from a second injury, and yeah. if it mean, if it means he misses a couple of uh, tin pot trophies, so be it. Yeah. You know? um, with with Moxon, it was kind of there's no point in taking a risk if you'd had a dead leg at the weekend and doing anything worse yeah. as there really so yeah. don't need to put him through that a guy maybe I'd maybe I would have expected maybe a couple more changes possibly possibly, possibly. Robinson coming in for arm and, and like you said maybe a change up front but um, other than that he, he stuck with the same team didn't he and it just didn't quite work, did it? it? It sounded like they were just totally disjointed from the start. Well, maybe not from the start. Maybe there was a few little chances early on. But I was, I was actually doing a bit of work in the garden, listening along to the game in the first half. And I got the impression it was okay. And then just as soon as that goal went in, it just you had this sinking feeling of like, we're not getting back into this, are we? No, no. Uh, I, I had a, a mutual friend there. Uh, and mm. he, he actually thinks, he actually thought, like he was independent of both teams, and he actually thought we weren't terrible. He said it just we weren't brilliant either. Well, really, yeah. You if know. you look at the best stats, we had more shots both on and off target than them. Um, possession wise, slightly more. Pass success was up to seventy percent, which last season we would have killed for that in some games. You know, some some games our pass success was like. 50, 45 and things like that, wasn't it? You know, it was quite low because with the game we played. So we've kept the ball a bit better. It just, the problem seems to be that final third at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it just looks disjointed, you know. I, I wonder if playing both Gibson and McCalmont slightly blurs things. Yeah. I do wonder that because I mean Gibson... I know both played Saturday, but yeah, it kind of feels like you've got to play one or the other, don't you? I mean, you need maybe yeah. another actual forward in there, possibly. I don't yeah. know. Let Let's talk about the chances and the goals then. Uh, well, the goal. Um, obviously, early on was a couple of little chances for both teams, wasn't there? I think Chad's had a shot from range that was pretty well held by the keeper, um, and uh, Daly had a chance from a low ball in by Odo that um, was comfortably saved as well by Holy. Then came the goal. It's such a frustratingly sloppy goal to concede as well, isn't it? I think it's, it's fair yeah. to say. So Mellish got caught in possession deep in the Harrogate half, which is going to happen, you know, because he's the kind of play brings the ball forward. But if you watch it, he's just desperately looking for someone to pass to. And I just don't think the opportunity was there, which again comes to the problems with the final third. He loses the ball and Harrogate, to be fair in them, they attack pretty quickly. Get the ball to follow in, and um, actually think Lavelle does quite well, doesn't he? He mm. just holds him off and just you know puts him in a position where you think, right, you're not going to be a danger here. But actually, what following does really well is he uses Lavelle as a shield almost, doesn't he? So Holy isn't particularly well sighted for the goal because Holy's actually come a little bit out of his goal. He's he's he's, he's just outside the six yard box, 
and he takes the shot nice and early and curls it in the bottom corner beyond him. I've seen a few people say maybe Holy could do better. I just think it's a really good finish from the player. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, it was a decent finish. Um, if you get some people, like you say, will say Holy could have done more. Is he maybe slightly unsighted a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. A, a mate of mine went to the game and he did say that Holy pretty much kept us in it, to be fair, in the first half, especially yeah. with some of the saves he made. So there were still a few nervous moments with him, you know, which, yeah, you're going to get us that's, that's the way he is. But he generally kept his in. I mean, the fact that you, you look at the chances that were on the YouTube highlights and, you know, he almost got a second following not long after that where Holy made a really good save to palm it away from danger. And then there was another one where Thompson took a free kick from the left and found Burrell unmarked at the far post and his header was well held by Holy. So, um, so yeah, there was always, the, you know, the risk that they were going to get a second. But then Mellish almost made up for it, didn't he, with a, a nice break. By this point, he was in midfield, it should be said. Breaking from the halfway line. And actually does quite well on his right foot, doesn't he? He gets himself into good position. And it's it's a, he doesn't power the ball, does he? He's trying to place it into the bottom corner past the keeper who's dive past him. The keeper just gets a touch on it. It loops up, hits the bar and comes down. And I mean, the last person you want going for that head is probably Jordan Gibson, isn't it, really? <laughs> In that situation. And the defender beats him too and puts it behind for the corner. And Yeah, beyond that, there was a few chances second half, but nothing that major. And then the penalty... What are we going to say about this one, Don? <laughs> oh, Ryan, I mean, it's just a perfect chance to, you he know, put, right. He puts the keeper the wrong way. He just puts it the wrong side this of the This is the ball, frustrating thing. So basically, the, the penalty comes about by a lovely little free ball by Sean Maguire to Charters. Obviously fell by the keeper. There's no arguments from the keeper or defence about the, the penalty. Edmonton steps up and he does exactly what he did in the player final. He waits for the keeper to move. The keeper moves very early, actually. So yeah, early yeah. that basically... If you listen to the commentary with Lummy and um, and James Phillips, they're basically saying, oh, the keeper's gone, oh, he's put it in. And then, like, they realise, oh, he's put it wide. That's how early the keeper died. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to do that, where well, you're going to set basically sit the keeper down and, and wait for him to move, don't put it right in the corner. Don't take the risk. Don't put any more risk of it going wrong. You can afford to put it two or three yards within the post, can't you? Yeah. It, it's yeah. just, ah, oh, it, it's... He's taken two penalties in normal time of a game now for us, and he's missed both of them. So I think it's fair to say he should be off penalties now. Do you? Yeah, Taylor Charters should have took it. The boy doesn't miss penalties. Yeah. Ch- Charters or Gibson to take them for me, because Gibson took them a while back for us, and I don't think he missed a single yeah, one either. Yeah, fair point. So fair one, point. one of those two, basically. Charters is the obvious one, because he's just got a nice left foot on him, and he can uh, stroll it in. Um, and yeah, it just kind of felt after that, that just everyone's heads just dropped and thought, well, this isn't happening for us, is it? <laughs> it's just, yeah, really, really. I'm just going to be really honest. I'm just f- sick of arrogance. Sound. Absolutely pig sick of them. And do you reckon we could come to an agreement with the EFL done where every single time we <laughs> yeah. play Harrogate Town, we just say, look, can we just forfeit this game? Don't want the risk of any injuries. Saves our fans paying for travel and stuff. All sorted, great stuff, and just just let them have the three points or the the, the buy to the next round. It's just no, no eight eight games now, two draws and six defeats. Oh, it's just infuriating, isn't it? Absolutely infuriating. I think it's, it's not even like in those draws we've played well either. You know, there was a nil nil draw that was absolutely garbage, and then there was the three three with last season where we scraped a, a a point with the last kick of the game, pretty much. It's just that that's the thing that drives me mad about it. It's just we, we I don't know. It's just a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just a weird one. Um Has man been to the moon? Yes. Have Has... Carl Albon at Harrogate? Neither. <laughs> um no, I'm not gonna say that I'm not conservative. No, yeah. Um yeah, um it wasn't wholesale change, was it? So you can't really blame that on the performance either, can you? No, no. I, I, I just, just, I wonder if we were actually at the point where we see a target and everybody involved just thinks, oh dear. I don't. It, it's and Simo's always very keen to say he doesn't believe in that kind of stuff, does isn't he? And I, I, yeah. I get that, but I, I, I wonder if the players, it's getting to their head a little bit, and they're thinking, possibly, possibly. Oh God, here we go. We're playing Harrogate now. And I know there's a lot of new players in there, isn't there? But you know, it, it's just. 
just the way it is. Um, similar, mate. In fact, no, tell you what, should we do one of our six second reviews? And we'll, yeah. we'll come on to more because they might cover some of the talking points there. And we'll start with Mike's first, obviously. So Mike can't be with us today because he's been away in Yorkshire and he, he treated his uh, his missus to a lovely trip to Harrogate for the day, uh, including a trip to Weatherby Road. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he took her to Betty's at the very least. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd think. But there you go. Right. Here's Mike's six second review. 60 second review. Um, Plange just has one speed and it's a jog. Um, there's a few times when the ball was played in behind and he could have maybe caused a few problems but he just doesn't sprint onto it um, and yeah the, the amount of times we've been to Harrogate it's, we know it's a tight pitch there it's hard for sort of midfielders to get the ball down and play it and have a few touches so why why try that um, Charters was one in particular who struggled I think with that but in the second half he Played probably the best pass of the game. I can't remember who it was to, but it tore through uh, Harrogate like a knife through cheese. Um, and around the time of the penalty, we were really starting to turn the screw and causing problems. I think if we'd have scored the penalty, we could have probably gone on to win the game. Um, sadly, we didn't. Um, yeah, just an all-round poor performance. Um, man of the match for me, though, has to be the bloke who shouted at the ball boy, you're 19 years old and you're a ball boy. You need to sort your life out. That was a fantastic <laughs> shout. Um, yeah, just rubbish once again. I'm fed up of going to Harrogate. <laughs> I heard the story about that uh, ball boy and someone giving him jip. So it sounds yeah. like he was being a prat, so fair play to whatever. Uh, he touched on Luke Plans, so let's touch on it again. It's not working at the moment, is it really? Two games in and does he look a goal threat? Not particularly, does he? Got to give him a couple more games to really judge in fairness. But I don't think he seems to be the only out-and-out striker. No, 100%, especially when the player alongside him is Gibson, who, you know, will just about, and he's got that bit of quality about him, Gibson. But if you're going to do that, I think you need someone like Edmo up with him, really. He's gonna, the ball's going to stick a bit more, even at Garner. I, I, I just... Look, you know, with Simo's done incredible things at this club, of course he has, but... I've got a slight question of judgment on this one because I don't, I just don't see it with Plange at the moment. Like I said, we maybe got to give him a couple more games, but Oxford away the weekend's going to be tough. Wigan at home is going to be another really tough one. Well, it depends how we line up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I can't. If we carry on the way we are and the way we've been, the, the formations we've got with him up there, I, I don't see how he's going to be a threat personally. What do you reckon? Mm, uh... I'd like to see him beside either Edmondson or Maguire, to be fair. Mm. But then you have a question of who drops out, and you're probably looking at McCollum and Todd Gibson, aren't you? Which is fine. I, I, I don't mind that. But mm. I just think we need something a bit more up there. I'd, I'd like to see him with Garner, to be honest. Get Garner to start the game. Garner <laughs> yeah. can do all the physical work. <laughs> yeah. and let let plans run around him then. I, I just, at the moment, I just... A, a, a lesson in shithousery. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the, the problem with the moment is... He's constantly trying to roll his man, and he's not strong enough to do that because he's, he's just so used to under twenty one football. And you start to see some of the things that are only two games in that the Lincoln fans said about him, and I don't want to see that because I, I still think there's still a little bit of quality you see there. But at the moment, if you get two or three more games in playing this way with him there, and he hasn't scored, big questions start to be asked, don't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we all want him to come good. We're all hoping he will, but you know the situation we are this season. There's only so long we can wait with a young player to develop, isn't there? So yeah, let's yeah. let's wait and see what happens over the next uh, couple of weeks. Anyway, um, right? Should we do another one? Who do you want first? Do you want uh, Chris Martin or do you want young Craig Robson? I'll uh, do Chris. Let's do Chris first. Save the best till last, eh? Right. That's that's no offence, Chris, by the way, I should say. Just we always know young Craig's the star of the show, isn't he? Right, here's Chris's uh, six-second review. Harrogate, will we ever beat them on tonight's showing? I think absolutely not. Um, Jack Ellis got pushed off the ball early on and from there had a pretty good game for the rest of it. He was right in front of the away fans and right in front of Simpson and for the rest of the game he had an okay game. Taylor Charters did okay, I felt, in Moxon's position. Potentially a good season for him if Moxon goes. Plange 
was useless from start to finish. Um, Edmerson wasn't much better after half time. Holy's distribution, I'm picking at straws here, but it was better than last season. Um, I did like the fact that we were able to link loads of different formations together, but really overall just not good enough at all. Their number 12 and their number 9 were extremely good. I was really pleased to see them both come off and I thought we'd do well once they came off, but we didn't. The penalty summed up our night, to be quite honest. And I really wish that the shorts this season matched the pattern on the shirts, but they don't. Oh well, on to Oxford. Some interesting points there, everything. I mean, Plange sent uh, you know, highlighted again as the weak link, which is... Don't want it to become a pattern, but it probably will do if it if it carries on like this. But anyway, let's not talk about him anymore. Let's talk about a couple of other things. One, we hundred percent agree on the shorts, Chris. We're, we're on board with you there. It's 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 just frustrating that they aren't the same. In fact, it's frustrating that they're not white. Just make them white. They should be keep, white for me. I'm going to keep saying this. Just make them bloody white for God's sake. Why have we just switched to blue shorts in recent years? I don't get that. We've always wore white shorts. It's ridiculous. But anyway, that that's another gripe altogether. Um. Well, let's talk about Edmonds, and he mentioned there the fact that he probably wasn't much better after coming on. Um, the penalty was obviously disappointing, but Simo was quite vocal on the official website interview, wasn't he, in terms of Edmo's performance? Yeah, uh, I saw a couple of folks say he got thrown under the bus. I don't think it was that bad, but yeah. maybe just a slight... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that's that's getting left in. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe just a slight G up, you know, uh, try and get a reaction for him uh, for Saturday. I, I, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. So basically what Simmer said, if for those who haven't seen it, is that he's incredibly frustrated with Edmondson because he was drifting out wide so much. And he's saying, like, look, I, I want him to be a central striker. We want him to be a central striker. We'd be trying to drum this into him pre-season. Gavin Skelton said it a couple of times in post interviews that he said we want him down the middle. That's where he's going to cause problems, and yet he's still constantly drifting out wide. And I think that's why Simo so and I. I don't think that's the reason why he was dropped at the weekend. I think we all know that there's possibly something happening in terms of missing a team meeting or something like that. That seems to be the story, isn't it? It's not a re- going to wreck, so that's pretty clear anyway. But. Yeah, it just seems like he's frustrated with him because he's like, I know you can be a better player. I know you can be a good striker, but you've got to stop this drifting out wide. If we want you to play there, we'll play you there <laughs> at the end of the day. What we want is you to be down the middle. And that's, I, I think, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Simmer did start him at the weekend and just said, right, I'm going to start you, but you're going to stay play down the bloody middle and you're going to stay yeah. there, essentially. You're not going to drift out wide. Let Jordan Gibson do that, you know, or someone else, basically. Um just to see what happens, but yeah, it, Simo did sound quite exasperated, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think he, I think part of him was obviously disappointed with the performance overall, yeah, etc. So, yeah, we're out the league cup, draw a line under it, move on. I think, yeah, absolutely. Right, uh, let's do young Craig six second review as well. It was a horrible game of football. The energy wasn't there in the first half, leading to them to, to be fair, a fairly nicely finished goal. Harrogate were by far the better side for most of our game. Our attack just, nev- just looked really unfit and like they'd never played together before. Luke Plange didn't have a great game either. He just seemed to let every header go and he didn't like to challenge for the ball very much. I thought John Mullish had an OK game after he recovered after the mistake that led to their goal. I thought Callum Guy was the best player there and he only came on at half-time. And speaking of subs, I thought Dan Butterworth came on and looked very lively, and he made a positive impact on the game. And now I have to talk about the penalty. I'm just glad that he missed it here and not at Wembley. I think we all knew who would take the penalty when we got it, but I didn't expect him to send the keeper the wrong way, but still put it wide. Listening to Simo's interview, he's not a happy person, and I can really see why. I just hope we do better on Saturday. Up the Blues. Oh, that's a good thorough review there from Craig. He, he kept that within the 60 seconds, you see. Now, Craig, I was only joking when I criticised you for going over the 60. So if you want to go over the 60, you do, as long as you don't go like five minutes or so, it's fine. You go over the 60 <laughs> all you want. A pretty fair assessment again. It's all the same points other people have picked out, mm. haven't they, really? You know, so yeah. interestingly mentioning, Cal- I think Callum Guy's a huge player for us. I think sometimes it goes a little bit under the radar how important he is in the way we play, doesn't he? 
Yeah, uh, just going back a second, a very common theme amongst all three reviews, you know, yeah. same names at certain times. But yeah, Callum Guy, uh, chance to really show what he's about in this division. Uh, I know it was obviously a cup game last night, but... Yeah, I, I just yeah. think I think he's going to make a big impact this season, especially if we're going to be playing more as a counter-attacking side. Him winning the ball back's a, a huge part of that, isn't it? And obviously, it's maybe a little insight into what life would be like without Moxon, so maybe it shows how important it is to keep hold of him this season at the very least, doesn't it, really? Seeing the way things went last night, but there you go. Um, yeah, just summing it up, really. I mean, Simo making the four subs at half-time summed up. He wasn't happy, wasn't he? And he made that clear after the uh, after the game in the post-match interviews he's done. Um in fact, we won't talk about the taxing because we'll talk about that in the in the preview section for the Oxford game. But just summing it up, Dan, just it's just disappointing. Isn't it? That's what is it? Four seasons in a row now we've gone out in the first round of the League Cup. Yeah, it's yeah. Would would you would a good cup run? Aren't it's we? frustrating because we used to be very good. I mean, I know you weren't big Keefe's big, biggest fan, but we we generally did very well in the League Cup under him, didn't we? In fact, with Greg as well, to be fair. So. Yeah, to go from a decade of doing very well in it to, yeah, four years of struggle. Frustrating, I think it's fair to say. But, um, yeah, put that one behind us and we move on to uh, previewing the Oxford game after this break. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorga. Big Tomash there taking us into the second half of the show where we look ahead to the Oxford United away game. Um, behind enemy lines, I haven't got one for this one. Bizarrely, there just doesn't seem to be anyone from Oxford who wants to talk about their club. Strangely, <laughs> I just—it's. Really? I'm. I think I've said this before. I'm in a League One WhatsApp uh, chat now with a load of different uh, bloggers and vloggers and people like that. Hence, how we managed to get uh, Ben from the excellent Cods Vlogs uh, to come on and talk about them um, for the game of the weekend. Bizarre. No Oxford fan wants to join the chat, and uh, the one pod I could find, I've messaged them and not had anything back. So. At the moment, there's there's no six second reviewer. I, I might go and tweet this afterwards if if he finally comes back and said, "Yeah, I'll do it," and I'll have to add it in for, before it goes in on Friday. But as you're listening right now, if you're hearing this, they never came back. So no six second review, uh, no um behind him lines and flash this one. So let's get right into it, Dan. Uh, Oxford United away, first away game back in League One. Not, quite a longish trip, isn't it? Um, nicest stadium to go to. Tough start, though, is it fair to say, in terms of on the road this season? Yeah. Um, this will be a good test for us. Yeah. Uh, I Like I said in our season preview, I think Oxford will do quite well this season. Mm. Uh, they've got some decent players, you know, they're well-established at this level. And, uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a good test for us. Yeah, they didn't start the season particularly well at the weekend, did they? They were in the, no. uh, is it the Varsity Derby, they call it, and um, the University Derby against Cambridge United. And Cambridge are a team that pretty much everyone is expecting to struggle this season. We certainly had them down to struggle. And Cambridge ran out 2-0 winners, and it sounds like they pretty much deserved it. I mean, I, I watched the YouTube highlights, and it's, it's a couple of sloppy goals that Oxford conceded, actually. I mean, the first one is the sort of low shot comes in, the keeper saves it, but he parries it straight back out into the area, and uh, Lancaster... Lancaster, I think it is, for um, Cambridge. He's there to poke it in. And then the second one, uh, Ahadme, yes, it is, sorry. Um, he heads in from across from the left way. He gets over the defender far too easily to, to head it in. And yeah, that, that, I suppose that'd be a slight concern. I mean, the concern for them is they've brought in the manager, Liam Manning, haven't they? So he's someone who's very well thought of in terms of coaching. He's meant to be very, very high thought of. He did, he's no playing career of note, really. Um he did a pretty good job at MK Dons, is that fair to say? In terms of um, his win record there, it's nearly 50%, I think, but it went badly wrong at the end. And so far, he's not really been able to find his feet, Oxford, has he? No. Uh, yeah, I think this is quite a big season for Oxford because they've been in this league for a little while now. Mm. And... I, I think they should be higher up where they are. I know I know they've had a bit of a bit of background fuss about the ground, haven't they? 
Yeah, so they might be having to move in a couple of years or something. So I think the lease is up on the Kassam Stadium fairly soon. Now that's owned by their former owner, and um, I can't remember his first name is, but uh, Kassam basically he he built it and he owns it. There's only obviously three sides to it, so there's no side behind one of the goals. Um, and I think there's issues in terms of how the the rent that they'd want going forward be would be exorbitant, extortionate, and it's miles away from the centre of the town. There's not really anything nearby. Anyone going this weekend should know that basically that there's not really anywhere to to drink near the ground. Essentially, you've got you've got Hollywood Bowl. We're seriously considering getting a couple of lanes booked and going bow, <laughs> bowling before the game because that that's literally you know, all all there is in terms of that. Um, I'm just double checking it because I think Simon uh, the SLO on behalf of the London Center Centre, details of a pub that fans can go to and I'm trying to find the message he sent so I can tell you where it is. Um, but yeah, basically, <clears throat> sorry, the ground, essentially, it, it's just not, I, I don't think they've ever taken to it as a home, have they? No, it's it's it's, it's neat and tidy, but it's got a side missing. Yeah. And then missing, you know. Yeah, so, so basically, I think that they're looking at things that they want to, they want somewhere that's a, that feels like home to them because these. Was, did you ever go to the manor ground, the old ground? I did. I, I mean did. that that was a uh, basic to say the least, wasn't it? I think I never it went. It was but... a mishmash of mini stands and terraces. Yeah, lovely stuff, isn't it? But not really I suited. Think we got to... beat four 0 that day. Yeah, that one wouldn't surprise me. Really, all things considered, back then. Um, yeah, so um, they're looking to move, and I think the one they're looking to move at is. Sort of north of the city. So this, I think the Kassam Stadium's south of the city, isn't it? If I remember rightly. I'm going to have to load up Google Maps while we're talking here, just to double check what I'm saying is right here. So the Kassam Stadium, I'm fairly sure, is south of the city. Da, 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 da. Brilliant listening, this, isn't it, for everyone at home? Um, so Kassam Stadium, yes, it's south, yeah, very much south of, south of the Ring Road, the eastern uh, bypass of Oxford. Um, so it's practically a village outside the the the, uh, the city, whereas the new ground, if that was to get built, would very much be. Let me find it. It's by a, a, a station. I don't. It's not Oxford Station. It's Oxford Park. Where I think it is. Um. Oh, it's not loading. So I mean, it's the exact opposite. It's basically north of the city is where it would be, but near Oxford Parkway Station, near Kidlington, which is a town just outside Oxford, but. Crucially, it is right by a train station and it will be their own ground and it will be built as they want it. So that's, I think, what they're looking to do. This is where getting Oxford fan on to talk about it would be much better than us rambling on, wouldn't it? But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah so essentially they've got that bubble in the background. But they had a takeover in fairly recent seasons, I think. They've put a bit of money into the club and they're looking to invest in a new striker, aren't they? There's a, a player who played against us at the weekend that they're keen on, isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, there's uh, there's a few people linked, isn't there? Oh. Jack Marriott's the obvious one. So Jack Marriott, apparently they've had a 400 grand bid knocked back from Fleetwood for him. So you'd imagine later in the window they're probably going to go back with a slightly improved offer on that. You'd you'd expect maybe test Fleetwood's patience a little bit to see whether they're keen to sell. But um, yeah, so they clearly want to still improve their ranks further. Um, looking at... The summer transfer activity they've done, Dan. Quite a lot of people are impressed with this, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, there was a couple, a couple who came in, and um, just, I'm just bringing it up for it. Where is it on Rodriguez from York County stands. Yes, out, Rod- Rodriguez was the one that stood out for me. Uh, you know, Josh McKeon, if he can get going, we've got a good yeah. player there. Someone that um, yeah. Manning will know as well because he was at NK Dons with him, wasn't he? So yes, good, good shout. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a few lone players coming. I think Finn Stevens at Brentford's meant to be Finn quite Stevens, well. Finn Stevens, yeah, and uh, and uh, they've got the keeper from Brighton as well. James Beadle, yep, yeah, James Beadle. You know, Bright, Brighton, Brighton seem to produce a new young player every three months at the moment, don't they? Yeah, and they've brought uh, Stanley Mills from Everton. Stanley Mills sounds like a football from the 1920s, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He does not sound like a modern... <laughs> Played alongside Dixie Dean. Yeah, exactly, with like massive shorts and, you know, you know wears a flat cap, 
smokes uh, woodbines and stuff like that. You know, that, that's, that's what he lo- sounds like, Stanley Mills. But he's not. He's a youngster on loan from Everton right now. And Everton obviously got a very good reputation for young players as well. And uh, in fact, since we recorded the preview, they signed another player from Liverpool, from Merseyside. This one from Liverpool, Max Waltman, has come from Liverpool for an undisclosed fee. So I think he's another one that's quite well thought of. So decent signing from there. In terms of the players out in the summer, they've not really lost that many big players. I mean, Jody Jones made a permanent move to Notts County, didn't he? Which was, it was almost was like a, almost like a swap with uh, Rodriguez. Effectively, yeah, effectively. Matty Taylor is quite a legend there, isn't he? I think in terms of what he, he did there as a player, so I think he's um, he's gone to Forest Green. But yeah, beyond that, not really um, much else to report. Ben Davis moved to Chombury in uh, I think that's in Thailand. He is half Thai though, so that probably explains why he's gone there. To be fair, so. Um, that's a, that's a very you don't see that transfer like that very often, do you? For League One clubs, but no, not at all. No, um, yeah. So I mean, looking at the squad overall, the ones he already I, I, had. I there. can remember when. Sorry, I can remember Go when on. Carlton Fairweather ended up in Hong Kong after being at us. Yes, Happy Happy Valley was it? I think the name of the club there. I think it was. Yeah, something is that, like the, that. Is that the club Valley. that? Golden Valley. Yeah, wasn't that the club that uh, David Wilkes played for as well for a little bit? I think. Possibly, they obviously had someone out there who knew a few for. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, looking at the squad overall, then Dan, the ones they've already got in and stuff. There's there's a bit of quality in there, though, isn't there? To be fair, I mean, the problem is we we said this on the preview. We we don't know a lot of League One players as much as we knew League Two players, do we? But you can sort of get a general idea. I mean, in attack, I mean, they've got plenty of quality. I mean, Josh Murphy, Billy Bowden, um, Sam Baldock. You know, they're they're all players who've you know done stuff in the past, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's names that, you know, even though we're not as familiar with League One as we are too in recent seasons, some of those names do stand out, you know, uh, Baldock certainly did to me. And in midfield, Cameron Brannigan is one that I think that yeah, um, yeah. quite quite a few clubs we've been watching. I think Blackpool tried to low ball Oxford, didn't they, for him last season a couple of times and got basically knocked back. Sounds familiar, that doesn't it? Really, <laughs> yeah. You know, getting knocked back for a, a, a midfielder. Um, yes, so that that's Oxford's squad. Um, in terms of referee for this one, Jeremy Simpson from Lancashire. It's his twelfth season as an EFL referee. He's actually been a Championship level referee since twenty sixteen. So he only occasionally referees at League One and League Two levels. So hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, here, Dan. That means you'll be a half decent ref. I've put the mockers on that 100% now, haven't I, really? That, yeah. That's 100% guaranteed he won't be, will it? So uh, there you go. 12, uh, 12 bookings and 30 minutes injury time incoming. It, well, it's funny you say that, though. Actually, last season, he handed out 121 yellows and one red card in 28 games. So just under five bookings a game, but only yeah. one red card. So he's, he's not, hopefully not too card happy. I mean, you'd imagine he's going to be better than the ones we normally see. You'd hope, wouldn't you? So... Um, Let's yeah. see how that goes. The last time he took charge of a United game was the 3-1 defeat to Exeter City in September 2019. Two United players were booked that day, Dan. Mo Sagaf and Harry McCurdy. It's oh. going back a while, isn't it? Blimey. Yeah. Um, well, it is and it isn't, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, in that sense, yeah. Um, in terms of the head-to-head record, what are the ones where we're on top? So 46 meeting of the two sides, this will be, and United have won 17. 13 have been a draw and the U's have won 15. Um, yeah, I'm not sure there's really much else to talk about in terms of uh, the um, Oxford United squad. Do you want to do your play for both? The return of this yeah, season? Yeah, I'm going to pick a player who's still playing. In fact, he's only oh. 24 years old. Oh, I know he's going to be. Which is amazing, now. really, yeah. Uh, Kenny Scarrell. I, I still... Well, I don't think I will ever work out what this lad was. He was just a, he was <laughs> a nutter. He got sent off yeah. on his debut, for God's sake. Yeah. He plays him done that. He, he's an Oxford lad. Uh, yeah. Came through the youth uh, set up at Oxford United. I think he, he was there from sort of seven, eight year old. And uh, when he was about 19, he made a handful of appearances. He, he transferred to Brentford for an undisclosed fee, which, you know, I, Brentford still do at the time. They were buying up these sort of players for their sort of, I hate the word, B team, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, he had a he had a loan at Swindon, which probably didn't go down too well, given the Oxford-Swindon rivalry. 
And then he, uh, he came to us, didn't he? Uh, yeah. He came to us on loan, and you know, yeah, he got sent off on his debut. No, so it wasn't his. I've just double checked there because I was thinking, was it his debut? He was yeah, actually yeah. second appearance. It was his second game. Second game. So, I mean, that would be a good question for you, actually, Dan, for you to have a look up about. Has anyone been sent off on their debut for Cali United? There must be a couple of players. Yeah, there is, and I can't remember who it was. I'm sure there is. Someone's discussed this before. Anyways, yeah. But, yeah, uh, he left us, and he, you know, didn't do much for us. He transferred, he actually transferred to Stevenage until the end of the 1920 season. Hmm. Uh, and obviously his contract expired COVID times. Then he rocked up uh, Queen's Park. Yeah. Very random moving Queen's Park. Bit of money behind them, haven't they? I've got a bit of money in the last two or three years. But uh, he actually made his debut against Rangers B in a Glasgow Cup game, apparently. <laughs> and uh, he made he made a few appearances there. And then uh, his contract released. And he, uh, he ended up back at Oxford. But not United City. Yeah. Who are National League South, I think. No, they're just National League now. They got promoted last yes, season. Yes, they've gone up. Yes, they did, didn't they? they because, got because this weekend, he will be playing in Oxford. Obviously, not for the United States, but for City, because Rochdale are away at Oxford City this weekend when we're away at Oxford United. I wonder how often that happens. Yeah. I mean, often, I, I, I'm going I'm to look up where Oxford City's ground is now. I've gone Google Maps yeah. again, but... Um, it's in Marston. Ah, well, that probably is. Oh, well, that's well away from um, from where um, the Kassam Stadium is. Yeah, it's more like north, north, northeast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's near the Oxford Brooks University. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, and he, he's been at uh, Oxford City for two or three years. He, he's popped up on the Explains a couple of times, and seems very happy back at home. And he's playing in the, the fifth fifth league now, isn't he? So. Yeah, it's right by the Northern Bypass is where Oxford City's ground is. Ah, I've just had a little look there. So, he, yeah, he's literally right the way around. Yeah, because I think, I'm sure that actually Oxford United used to play fairly near to there because they were based in Headington, I think, is where their old ground was, the Manor Ground. So, yeah, so they would have been quite close to each other originally, but obviously now nowhere near. They're miles away from each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, there you go, Kenneth Carroll. Very interesting one. I, I just he came with that big reputation. We were quite thinking, okay, yeah, this lad has gone for big money in the past. Great, and he was just dross, wasn't he? And like that red card he got against his old club, Swindon, was just nuts. He just lunged in on a tackle for no reason, didn't he? he was just <laughs> yeah. like, what are you actually doing here? Remind, reminded me of that Hayden White one at Portsmouth. Oh, that, that that was ridiculous. Just remember that one. Yeah. That was that was just. Idiotic, but there you go. Yeah. Oh, you go, Canise Carroll. So we pick out a few more to talk. I'm a little bit. I'll, I'll just list them all. I mean, maybe there's a couple you want to mention. Dan, Tim Carter, who was a goalkeeper on loan in the '80s, I think. That rings yeah. a bell. Uh, Derek Clark, who I think Derek Clark was our first ever loan player. He only played one game, but he came on loan to us in the '70s. Um, John Dernan. Now, oh, there's a name. I think he's ever a... remembered for that dual of goals. Like two of the best goals you'll ever see in your life for us. Yeah. Like the set, uh, the chip. I love the chip more than the curled one, just yeah. because it's just a lovely little twinkle toes to get some space, and then just chips it over the keeper. These these, these goals are on YouTube for anyone listening. They're on just... my YouTube channel. Actually, I don't want to play them. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. They're just oh, it was well worth the journey that night. Incredible. Um, oh yeah, because you did that one, didn't you? It was a mad one for you. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> you went to that one. Um, I think he's a bit more of a legend at Oxford than he is for us, though. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, who else? We got Craig Farrell. God rest his soul. Uh, Richie Foran, Jimmy Glass had a brief mm. spell there. Anthony Griffith. <laughs> oh, there, there is a name and a half. Montserrat's finest. Uh, yeah. Lewis Guy. Simon. Simon Hackley was there. I never even realised this. I generally, like, I was when I saw that, I was like, "Really? Was he?" That must have been when they were back in non-league days. I'm guessing towards the yeah. end of this thing, anyway. Um, yep. So Simon Hackney was there. Richard Knight, the, the forgotten keeper from the Jimmy Glass season, isn't he? Yeah. You forget the fact that he was on loan first. Uh, Lee Madison, Sean McGinty. He was from Derby, wasn't he? He was. Yes, on loan from Derby yeah. for us. He went on loan to them after he'd been on loan to us, and then he signed for them permanently. I think Derby after that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Oxford after that. Um, yeah, Lee Madison, Sean McGinty, David Morley, Adam Dave Murray, Morley. Mike. Oh, I love Dave Morley. I think he's such a good footballer. Really good. Uh, Michael Rains, 
Uh, Holmes under the hammer's legendary Christian <laughs> Ribeiro. Uh, Craig Russell, who I think is a driving yeah. instructor these days in the Northeast. I seem to remember seeing wow. that somewhere recently. Um, who else? We, where are we at? Chris, Craig Russell, Kevin Samwith. And a solid non-league career, Kev Sanders, didn't he? Well, he uh, nearly signed the national league. Didn't he nearly sign for us when we signed Zigar Ronaldo? I think Simo tried to bring him back around about that time for Chester yeah. or something. That really rings a bell. Um, yeah, it's a Kevin Samwith, Paul Simpson, of course, legendary player at Oxford, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely love him down there. Yeah, Mick Tate, Ray Train, George Waring, who also gets a good mention every now and then on the X Blues. And will today actually? Maybe get one later today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, ha- and Harry Worley. Oh, oh I, I genuinely oh, thought you. Were, oh. I was I'm sure going you called Chawood after we recorded now. I was sure you were going to pick Harry Worley when you did this. I was like, yeah, he's going to pick Harry Worley. No, but no, you no, didn't. You didn't. No. Right, let's talk about United for this one then, Dan. Obviously, in terms of injuries, Kai Nugent's still a couple of weeks away from recovering from his ankle injury. Um, lone plays obviously Max Kilby's not there because he's out on loan at Adam. Um. So what do you do with the formation of this one, Dan? Do you, because if if he's going to persist with Plange, surely you've got to get another striker alongside him instead of going for those two attacking midfielders and obviously Gibson a little bit further forward than McCallman. But I would, yes. Uh, I don't think I mean, you've put in your notes do we go three up top. I don't think we do that away from home. Uh, it's risky. I mm. think it's a proper 5-3-2. Yeah. Uh, if it's Plange, I would probably play Edmondson. Yeah, and then look at bringing Maguire on for at some point. Yeah, uh, if if we are a midfield three, uh, one name we haven't mentioned who could come in is Dylan Magook. Mm-hmm. Make it a bit tighter in there. I, mm. I, I kind of feel like you need someone. Who, I suppose if you do that, you can maybe allow Moxon to play a bit further forward. If you have yeah, I, I, I thought in his his little appearance on Saturday, Magook was quite uh, quite yeah. tidy. It seemed to know what he was doing. Uh, I was impressed with him. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a very good player. It sounds like he wasn't quite on the game last night, but then again, yeah. most of the team wasn't, so it's not really a surprise, I guess, in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I put in either 3 4 3 or 4 3 3 just to throw it in there, but yeah, I feel like he'll go for 5 3 2, and I think he might make a tweak in terms of the attack. I, I can't see him persisting with Gibson yeah. McCallman and. Plan all in there. I, f- I feel like there will be someone coming in. I, f- I as much as he's criticised him, I do think it might be Edmondson because I don't think Maguire's ready to start yet. I don't think he's quite sure on Ghana starting games at the moment either. So I just feel like he'll put Edmondson in, whether it's with Plange or whether it's maybe Gibson up there alongside him. Maybe that's what he'll do, like he did in preseason. Yeah. I don't know, but in, I feel like it needs to change. I feel like, like I said, the ba- the rest of the team pretty much picks itself, doesn't it? I think in mid- midfield, like we said, I think there'll be a. Maybe a slight tweak in there, possibly, but yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's there's plenty of options for him to look at in terms of that. Um, right, predictions time, Dan. What are you going for? I'm gonna go for a one-one draw. Okay. And what you, you goals? The goal scorer, big job. Big John. Okay, I'm gonna go for a cheeky little one-nil win, smash and grab. And after missing his pen and all the fuss about him not being in the middle, Ryan Edmondson's going to score the goal. That's what I reckon. Right, Mike has sent us in his prediction, and here's what it is. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win with goals from John Mellish. And it's hard to predict who's going to sort of be starting in attack-wise. Um, but I'll go for Sean Maguire. I was sure he was going to say Ryan Edmondson then. We were both going to yeah. curse him for that. But, uh, but there you go. So, okay, he's gone for a 2-1 win. Very interesting indeed. Right, Dan, it's time to wrap things up for this episode. And that means the explosion. It's a bit of a bumper one because we've got the weekend ones to cover as well, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, Jenny Yates scored on his debut for Swansea. One all home draw with Birmingham. Mm. Yep. Uh, Liam Cooper scored for Leeds. Yeah, he got he pops up occasionally. They yeah. went two 0 down to Cardiff, drew two mm. all. I think he got the first. Yeah, uh, Jack Iredale back uh, fit again at Bolton. Good, good three yeah. 0 win for them over Lincoln. Mm. I, 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 I just can't. 
I've I've started to think you're right, Dad, in terms of your prediction for them to finish top. You know, because that that was a pretty a statement win, really, wasn't it? For them? Yeah, they followed up with a, a solid one 0 over Barrow yesterday yeah. as well in the cup, yeah. didn't they? Uh, Charlie White got a brace for Wigan. He had a great two-one win for them mm. at Derby. Really good win. Uh, good, good to see him uh, fit and firing. Uh, Ryan Bowman scored the only goal for Shrewsbury. His one-nil uh, win over Cheltenham. Mm. Uh, Amari Patrick got a some debut for Sutton. Yeah, two two goals in a five-one win over Notts County. Yeah, and we should say about White and and Bo- and, uh, and Patrick, they made the teams of the week, didn't they? Yeah, well, you just took. Uh, sorry, I jumped, jumped ahead there, but I thought because we mentioned them, I thought we might as well because they were yeah. quite close to each other. Uh, Mark Ellis scored on his debut for Charlie in a one-all oh. draw with Brackley. Uh, Sean Brisley scored for Alfreton Town in a three-one defeat at Southfield. I'm sure he. I thought he was at Buxton or somewhere like that, wasn't he? Or maybe I've mixed him up with someone else. I but did he? Moves every three months now, I think. Yeah, I think so. uh, Gavin Riley scored twice. You put one from the spot. They were both from the spot. Oh, were they both? Sorry, I misread the thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Queen of the South went down 4-3 in a humdinger against mm. Alloa. Yeah. Uh, League Cup goals. Did uh, you mention George Waring, though? I just imagined that. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I thought he moved. Yeah. No, no, oh, no, sorry. I, 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 oh, I, I meant Brisley. Brisley. I was talking about Brisley, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, yeah. I can't remember if I've now or not. George Waring scored for Curzon <laughs> yeah. in a 3-1 win over Darlington. Yeah. Uh, midweek League Cup, uh, Joshua Coyote got the equaliser for Rotherham in the one all with Morecambe. Uh, they won on penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Addison scored for Gillingham. They probably had the result of the night, uh, beating Southampton 3-1 at home. Well, we said when, when this draw was done, we said that... Um, when we looked at the ties that could be shown on TV, I said straight away, that looks a, a really good yeah, potential yeah. tie because they've done really well in Southampton. No, we're we'll going to a draw between Wrexham and Wigan. Yeah, League One side against a, a, a League Two side. I know they've been in the Premier League not that long ago, but still. Yeah. I just thought, just, it's such a boring choice, isn't it? But hey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I say, we'll just show Wrexham instead. Uh, Paddy yeah. Madden scored for yeah. Stockport and drew one all at Sheffield. Right. Uh, conceding 97th minutes and then losing on penalties. Right, Shuffle, are you ready? Wednesday like that, right. Are we ready for the drum roll? We've got a drum roll here yeah. for the next one. Here we go. Long drum roll. Warning, this is not a drill. Warning, this is not a drill. Tyrese Omatoy no. scored for Forest Green. No. They were beaten 3-1 at home by Portsmouth. I'm not having it. I fe- yeah. That's fake news. Fake news. Not a chance. Cows are spotted flying over the moon. <laughs> oh, my word. It's getting all kinds of, con- has come. Getting all kinds of conspiracy theories on today's episode, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's right. yeah. We'll just rename it the Joe Rogan show or something now. Yeah. Maybe. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, as, as, as alluded to earlier, EFL yeah. teams of the weekend, uh, Charlie White made League 1 and Amari Patrick League 2. Uh, both of them also made the Football League paper team of the weekend. Yep. Uh, great read as usual, Football yep. League paper. Uh, enjoyed reading it this week. Heartily recommend it. Yeah. A uh, few transfers. Adam mm. Campbell went to Crawley after leaving Gateshead for an undisclosed fee. This is a strange one. Only on a one-year deal. This this is a bizarre... I mean, obviously it's going to be a nominal fee that pays it. And I'm guessing yeah. it's one of those ones where he's basically told if you can get a league club and as long as they pay up a certain little amount. Yeah, 10 grand or something, won't it? But it's, yeah. it's just, I mean, fair play. He's been excellent for Gator in like last three or four years, hasn't he? Yeah, but yeah. It's a weird move to go all the way to Crawley, isn't it? Fair play, yeah. lad. Mm. Uh, Arthur Ganawa has joined Grimsby on a one-year deal after he uh, left Morecambe in the summer. And I can't believe he's still playing. It's Simon Grand signed for Lancaster City after leaving Charnock Richard. Well. I was just checking how old Adam Campbell is, the one who we had on loan in 2013. Yeah. How old do you reckon he is? I'm going to say 29. 28? Wow. I'm he was I, I young when he came to us. I know. I thought he'd be in his 30s by now for some reason. Yeah. It just seems so long ago. Uh, Simon Grant, how old do you reckon he is? 37. 39. Wow. He old, he's like a year older than me, pretty much. <laughs> Astonishing, that, isn't it? For, I mean, someone's been having a little bit of fun, I think, with his um, 
with his Wikipedia thing because it says here, Sharnock yeah. Richard, 38 games, 10 goals. I mean, I know he played as a striker occasion for us, but there's no way he's got 10 goals for Sharnock Richard because we would have reported on it in our X-Blues and we only did it a couple of times last season. So there you go. Uh, yeah, good move for him, that Lancaster City. A little bit of a step up from uh, yeah. Sharnock Richard. Still going strong at 39. Fair play, Simon. Uh, well, that's it then, Dan, isn't it? I think we've wrapped up yeah. this week's episode. Nice and tight, actually, isn't it? It's not too long, this mm. episode. Just uh, just on an hour. Yeah. Presuming the, the, the I haven't had see pe- people are going to wonder what he's talking about if it's really longer and I've managed to get the uh, the behind the lines <laughs> section. But we yeah. we made a joke about the fact we might not have it for this week, but it yeah. looks like it isn't in the there you go. Uh, in terms of upcoming episodes, um, sorry, I should say actually, I always forget to do this. Thank you once again to our sponsors, London Branch, for their support this season. Upcoming episodes, um, we're going to be doing a match review of the Oxford United game that'll be coming out. I think probably. Sunday night we'll try and get that one out um, and we'll be doing a preview a separate preview of the Wigan Athletic game which will come out some point on Monday as well we're going to record those back to back so basically they'll, they'll be in the bag for them won't they so all good and sorted uh, Dan thanks for your time as usual and no, uh, thanks everyone for listening and up the blues up the blues Tyree Summer Toy scoring. What the hell? <laughs> uh, miracles will never cease. <laughs> <laughs>